We magnify you for your grace, your goodness, and your mercy. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for all that he has given to us through his death, burial, and resurrection. And Father, we invoke that name ever over every heart, every life, in the service. Father, may your words be said. May your deeds be done. May your glory be made manifest. And Father, we pray this prayer very often, and we do not tire of praying this prayer. Lord, help us all to get this job done. Even so, Lord Jesus, we bid thee come. Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning, everyone. And welcome to the Fredonia. And morning to you, too. And uh, uh, welcome to the Fredonia edition of Family Church, one of ten locations meeting throughout New York, Pennsylvania, Europe, more to come. And so we welcome each and every one of you. We're so thrilled. Uh, the first time with us, we're thrilled to have you. For your turn guests, you're our honored guest. And uh, of course, our church family here and all those watching via live stream all over the world. And so if you are watching live stream, we, we encourage you to be a participant in the service. How, how can you participate? Whatever we're doing here, you do there. If we're worshiping, you worship. If we're giving, you give. If we're opening up our Bibles, open up your Bibles. And that way, you can receive the most of the service this morning. All right. Um, if you have not gone already, if you're in Children's Church, uh, you can go ahead and be dismissed to your program. And while the kids are going downstairs, uh, we have some family news. Uh, first of all, just a reminder that uh, if you have any symptoms, please stay home and use live stream. And uh, I know for years we, we talked about faith. Faith does whatever it takes. And, you know, if you have a headache, you know, come to church. Bless God, press through. But if, you're, if your symptoms can be contagious, and the Bible speaks a lot about quarantine and, and separation. And that, that is an act of love. It's not love to bring your symptoms and share. I know you think Jesus loves it when you share. But that's something, uh, you know, you, you use your faith at home to overcome and so forth. And that's why we have live stream. Just a reminder of that as, uh, you know things are going on. We, we have quite a few people that have uh, stayed home in love just because they didn't want to share. And so we, we appreciate that. And just a reminder concerning that. Also, um, some family news, very exciting news. We have an engagement to announce. Uh, Kirk Cugino and Lynn Klein uh, last week um, have made a commitment to get married, got engaged. So praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And so we're thrilled for the both of you. In the words of my wife, you both deserve to be happy and to go forward. And, and know this, the past is the past. And just the, the future is bright. Amen. Just put all aside all shadows of doubt of what has happened behind and go forward. And that was the word of the Lord as I was sitting there. He kept dealing with me about that. And so that bears witness. Use it not to this man. He must have had too much coffee this morning and go on. Praise the Lord. But, all right, if you have your Bibles here this morning, Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26. We had a great time with Dr. Webb last week. Uh, every service, every service was truly amazing. And uh, 
you know, as you can see, he has the spirit of faith on him. And uh, how many were strengthened and encouraged by him? Amen. And if you weren't able to get in any of his mess uh, meetings or you were only here for Sunday morning, I want to encourage you. Go online, go on YouTube, you know, get the archives. Uh, We really believe he was a visitation of God. I tell you, I was encouraged, I was helped, and I received direction from heaven through his meetings. And so that's why we put on these meetings. Uh, We just don't do them and say, well, we have nothing better to do. You know, it's fall and snow's coming, the weather's bad. Let's, hey, why don't we go to church? You know, we believe that these things were a divine connection and and, and we, we... it proved out the things he shared and ministered and some things he shared with me really helped me and uh, cleared up some things uh, concerning the things that I was seeking the Lord on. And so he was a real blessing to me and I trust he's a blessing to you. And again, get on those archives. They'll, they'll, they'll help you and encourage you. Well, in Acts chapter 26, starting with verse 13, at midday, O king, I saw... In the way, a light from heaven, above the brightness of the sun, shining round about me and them that journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me, saying in the Hebrew tongue or language, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon thy feet. I've appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things, which thou hast seen, and those things in which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles, unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive the forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them that are sanctified by faith that is in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. So here Paul, uh, of course at this time his name was Saul, Paul is talking about his conversion experience. We read about in Acts chapter 9 that he was on the road to Damascus and he was a religious leader that persecuted Christians and uh, he, he would interrogate them uh, he put them in prison it caused a lot of hardship for Christians and he thought he was doing the right thing and really if we looked at it uh, Paul or Saul here before he was born again we would say that he had a religious spirit. A religious spirit's like that. They believe they're right. They believe they're doing things for God, but it is not for God. And, you know, I've run into him from time to time. I even had a a man who had a religious spirit that uh, he said the Lord told him to kill me. Yeah, and and how many know the, the, the Pharisees and religious leaders had a religious spirit? And what did they do? They killed Jesus. And so those religious spirits will try to use the Bible to, to kill, to attack. And, and if they're to swear in the Bible, they would swear they're doing the right thing. Every person with a religious spirit I know would have swore on the Bible, says, I'm doing this for God. But he had a visitation, thank God for it, on the road to Damascus. Jesus appeared to him, a light from heaven. Uh, It didn't say that he was on a horse, but very often they rode donkeys or horses back then. But even if he was walking, when the light shone, uh, the power of God hit him, and 
not only he fell to the earth, but everyone that was traveling with him. And so this is, again, uh, another scripture about why do sometimes people fall when you pray for people. It's well right here, the power of God hits them. And then uh, Saul has a, a, you know, a, a visitation here. He realizes Jesus has appears to him. He says, who are you, Lord? You know, he knows it's God and says, I'm Jesus. You're persecuting me. And uh, from this point, we see that he gets born again. But not only born again, we see that he gets a call into the ministry and a specific call. And it says this in verse 16. But arise and stand upon my feet, for I've appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen, and those things I will appear unto thee. So Jesus, at this time, calls them into the ministry. Not only calls them into the ministry, but gives them a specific task and direction of what to minister, what to share. And he said this, that you are to, number one, be a witness of what you saw here today. And so when he had this visitation, Jesus told him to tell that over and over, to be a witness, testify and tell concerning this visitation that you had. And also, number two, he was to minister uh, concerning the visitation. So he used to tell about it and he was to minister along those lines. Someone who was very, very good at this was Kenneth e. Hagan. If you followed Kenneth e. Hagan, who was my spiritual father, over and over again, he would talk about September 2nd, 1950. Many of us can quote it almost as good as he could, that he was in a tent meeting and Jesus appeared to him and said, come up hither. And the details. Well, for, for many, many, many years, as long as I knew Brother Hagan, from 1950 until uh, 2003, I believe, when he went home to the Lord, he, he ministered along that line. He told about the visitation he had because he had assignment like Paul here to, to minister and to testify. And uh, so here we see it's scriptural to talk about a visitation, scriptural and ministry along that line. And in verse 19, it says this, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Well, we see here that he, he was faithful. It was probably 20 years after it happened that he here again, every chance he got, he had, he, he talked about the visitation and he ministered along that line. Well, uh, based on these scriptures, I, I want to talk about a visitation I had. Uh, the Lord specifically uh, told me uh, for this weekend that I ministered. I got to minister for the youth. It was awesome. I wish I could have stayed longer, but my schedule was very, very tight. But I, I talked about these things. Of course, I had 20 minutes to share in youth group. And how many know that I just get warmed up in 20 minutes? And so, so I'm just going to let the rest of it fall upon you concerning. But uh, in my heart, uh, the Lord said, it's been some time since you've ministered and talked along that line. You have newer people uh, with you and they need to hear these things. So I, like Paul, I, I do not want to be disobedient to the heavenly vision. Now, what am I talking about? In March 6, uh, March 26, 2006, excuse me, um, without going to a whole lot of details, um, I shot up straight in bed. There's, there's a whole lot of things that were going on that night 
that uh, it would be very interesting and uh, sometime we need to look at them. But, uh, but my, my spirit was very active that night and uh, it was almost like I was sleeping, but my spirit, I was hearing and seeing things in my spirit all, all night, just my, my spirit was very active. Then, oh, I don't know, maybe three o'clock in the morning. I didn't exactly look at the time. That's a good guess as any. I, I shot up straight in bed. Now, that alone was the working of miracles. For me, you know, from a sound sleep to sit up right in bed, you know, I know there's some people, there's some of you, when you get up in the morning, uh, you're like Mr. Rogers. I mean, will you be my friend? You got a big smile on your face. You're ready. You jump out of bed with a snap. Well, I'm not one of those people. You know, how, how many are more like me that you have to have a Lazarus come forth meeting? You know, and uh, my, my wife knows this, that uh, when I first get up, I don't want to see anyone for the first hour. I don't want to see anyone. I, I got to remember I'm saved, I'm sanctified, and I got to keep my body under, I got to get awake. Then after the first hour, then... Then, you know, I'm, I'm just starting to be able to relate with other people. So that... that uh, alone, me, me, me sitting right up in bed uh, was a working a miracle. Now, the interesting thing is, Paul said, whether in the body or out of the body, I could not tell. When, when I sat up, I don't know if I sat up physically or my spirit sat up out of my body because it, it was so real. And all of a sudden, I was in heaven. And, uh, and we see here that Paul said this, Jesus said this to Paul, for this purpose I've appeared to thee. Whenever Jesus appears or gives you a visitation or a vision, it is always for a purpose. It's not for entertainment purposes. It is for a reason and a purpose. And so there was a reason for this. And so I was up in heaven and without going into a whole lot of details, the best way I could say it, in heaven... Uh, the Bible talks about this, about the great cloud of witnesses in Hebrews uh, chapter uh, 12. That uh, there's a great crowd of witnesses. I, think, I believe in the Living Bible it says that these saints are watching from the grandstands. And so the best way I can, I can determine, I, I was like in a big arena. And, uh, you, know, it, it, you know, of course it was... It was so full, and Jesus was doing what I called a pep rally. If you remember what pep rally is in school, that uh, you know the, the whole school body gathers you into, in our case it was a gymnasium, and someone get on the mic to cheerleaders and so forth, and they were going, uh, it's usually for a homecoming game or a big game, you know, they, they kind of motivate and get the, you know, the school spirit, V-I-C-T-O-R-I, this is the, in our case it was the Hornets victory cry, and usually we didn't do very well, but... <laughs> small schools but uh, it was to promote you know people would dress up and so forth to to stir people up for for the big game well Jesus was in my the best uh, way I can describe Jesus was having a a pep rally and uh, and he, he said this he said I am coming soon get ready and after he he said that uh the crowds went wild I know we have the Buffalo Bills. We have the Buffalo Bills, the Mafia, probably one of the most um, engaging uh, audiences there is. What do I mean? I mean, they, 
I mean, they camp out, they're excited about their games, they, they dress up, they paint themselves, they, they, they do wild and crazy things. And especially if their team scores, they're out there, they have tailgate party, I mean, they're, they're into it, and, and they're very vocal and expressive at the Bills game. Now, I, I've never been to one, but I, I've been told those things. <laughs> All right. But in heaven... Their enthusiasm pales to nothing, the enthusiasm in heaven. Because when Jesus said, I'm coming soon, get ready, the crowd goes wild. And they cry out, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I mean, just just thrilled and exciting. Shouted Jesus down. He just said again, I am coming soon. Of course, he said it with great excitement. He was preaching it. He he was with, with enthusiasm. And uh, I am coming soon. Get ready. And then again, the crowd goes wild. And at that point, my ticket expired. And I was back on in my bed in the earth. And so, for this purpose have I appeared to thee. Jesus did for a purpose. Why? For number one, to be a witness to it. Number two, to minister along that line. And so from from that visitation, I I just knew part of my calling was to talk about the coming Lord, Jesus' return. Now, what is very interesting is ever since I was born, my early consciousness, I was aware of two things. Number one, ever since I can remember, I knew I was called to the ministry. You know, this was not something my parents put into me. This was nothing that I watched on TV. You got to remember, back then, you know, TV really only came on in the evenings with those black and white rabbit ears and so forth, you know, where you had to turn the station by hand and put tinfoil on the antennas to get reception. So TV wasn't a, a big thing. It wasn't something I saw, something I thought of. It was just on the inside of me that I knew that I knew, and I don't know how I knew, I just knew in my heart that I, I would be a minister of the gospel. Well, that part has come to pass. I, I think most people can testify, whether I'm good at it or not, would testify, yeah, that came to pass. You, you are a minister of gospel, that, that came true. But also, there was a second thing inbred in, in my spirit. I can't explain, I just knew that I knew that I knew. And what was that? Um, that I knew that I would be ministering. I would be preaching, teaching when Jesus came again. Now, I was raised a Catholic boy. And what's very, very interesting, I wasn't really allowed to go to church until I was six years old. You know, we, we, they, they, they kept us home. You know, I remember as young, and we, can I go to church? You know, and the, no, 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 you're not old enough to go to church. You know, because I guess mom or dad just didn't want to put up with us. You know, rambunctious boys. And so... It, you know, so again, even in church, because, and I was raised Catholic like some of you, I mean, they didn't preach the coming Lord. I, there might have been some reference and some prayer we quote, until you come again or something like that. But, uh, you know, the only thing when I went to church, the only thing I was listening for is when the priest said, the mass has ended. Then, you know what the response was? Thanks be unto God. That's when I responded. It's over. Let's pay the man. Let's go home. You know, so what wasn't a real thrill. So th- this, this impression about the return of Jesus was not something made up, something mental or emotional. It was something the Lord gave. And I, I cannot explain, but I've always had a picture. 
I had a picture, and what is very, 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 very interesting. You know, when I throw berry, it's very interesting. The picture is, I'm ministering on the earth. I'm ministering here. Not necessarily this building, but it's very interesting. There's a balcony up here. But I'm ministering to people here. I'm preaching, teaching. Then up in the balcony, I see Jesus coming with the heavenly saints. You know, coming down. And, and, and you know, you got to understand, we, we didn't learn that. that that's, that is just strong in my spirit as ever since I was born that I would be ministering along that line. And uh, other things, other things that have testified that I, I was to, to be a minister and to, and to preach and teach and get people ready for the coming of the Lord. And so from time to time, it's, it's my assignment. And so uh, I know this, whenever I go and I preach and teach, you know, throughout the United States and now in Canada and so forth and trusting eventually in other nations, this very first thing I'd minister on is just like uh, Saul here, Paul here, about this visitation. Why? Jesus is coming soon. And he told us what? To get ready. Well, first of all, you got to be aware of it to get ready. You know, if you didn't know you had church this morning, you wouldn't be getting ready. You wouldn't, you know, take the appropriate means and actions. And so Jesus is coming soon and get ready. But before we go any further, we, we want chapter and verse. Of course, there's many, many, many verses concerning the coming of the Lord. But I, I always like to look at the last chapter in the Bible. Revelation chapter 22. The book of Revelation is a revelation of the future as given to the apostle John by an angel. Jesus sent his angel to show him things that would shortly come to pass. And uh, the you know, first couple of chapters are addressed to the church before the rapture. Chapter 4 is after the rapture takes place all the way to chapter 19 where it starts, you know, Chapter 19, we see the Millennium Kingdom and so forth. And so most of the book of Revelation is the bad things that will happen on the earth once the church leaves. You know, we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. We, we preserve the earth. You see all the weird and crazy stuff that people are into this day. Imagine what happens when we're out of the picture. The restrainer is lifted and so forth. And so that's why it's so good to be in the church. And just us being here. You wonder why I'm being here. You're just salt of the earth. You, you are a, you hold back darkness just by your presence. Just by you being here. You, you just, your mere presence uh, is salt in the earth. But in Revelation 22, the very last recordings of the words of Jesus. Now, Jesus is speaking through his spirit since, since he said, said on the right hand of the Father. But these are the last written words of Jesus to the church. And I just want to draw your attention. Um, the whole chapter is great and wonderful, but just a couple of uh, verses. In verse 7, and these are the words of Jesus. Behold... I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Now I'm reading out of the King James Bible. Maybe you have a different translation. Most other translations, and if you're to study this word in the Greek, which the Bible, New Testament was written in Greek, you'll see that a better word for quickly, and, and quickly does fit in here, but uh, uh, 
most translations translate it this way, I am coming soon. So that's what Jesus said. He said, I am coming soon, get ready. If he would have said, I am coming quickly, that would have been perfectly all right. But he said soon, and most Bible translations say soon. And so Jesus, after he reveals the future, the last thing he says to the church is, I am coming soon. But he doesn't just say it once. He says it again in verse 12. And he says this, Revelation twenty-two twelve, And behold, I come quickly, or I am coming soon. And my reward is with me to give every man as his work shall be. And so with them a reward comes. Now we know for the saints that is given out at the Bema seat. That when we all stand before Jesus, after he comes, uh, what we call the rapture. That uh, we all have an appointment to stand before Jesus. And part of my ministry is to talk about the Bema seat. To let people know. Because a lot of people just are born again and just living their own life. They don't realize that a day will come when they'll, they'll answer to Jesus for their life. That uh, you'll be rewarded for your works on the earth and how many know when you're conscious of that you you want to adjust your life Uh, you don't want to stand before him and him say well you're done you know and and take no thought no effort but blessed be God when you know you'll stand before him every day you're conscious you know what what can I do for the Lord today what can I do to to get a reward from him your your whole life will change and we we teach along that line and it's good to be reminded of those things and so there is a reward that comes. Uh, and now, he says it twice, but not only twice, but three times. Revelation twenty-two twenty, the very last words of the Lord, written words of the Lord Jesus Christ. He which testify these things saith, and that's Jesus, surely, absolutely, truly, I come quickly or I'm coming soon. And then notice the response Even so, Lord, even so, come, Lord Jesus. And there's many things we could minister. You know, when I was in the youth group, I simply, uh, at this point, only had five minutes. You know, to tell them, this is what's going to happen. You're going to be changed, and you're going to be caught up into heaven, and how cool that's going to be. And there's many wonderful, wonderful, wonderful aspects about the coming of the Lord. You know, years ago, uh, for, for centuries, people would preach this, and every generation would think they're the generation because it was preached so hard. But really, in the last 50 years, this, this hardly has been preached in the church. When I mean the church, not just our churches, but the universal church about His coming. And it's to be the blessed hope of the church. That means the blessed desire looking forward to of the church. And, you know, when we're conscious of these things, of course, we want to live right, that when He comes, the Bible says in 1 John 2, uh, verse, I think it's 27, there's two ways to be found when He comes. You can be confident or you can be ashamed. And uh, we, we teach along those lines. And, you know, there's so many things we can share, but we are going to get to a, something here this morning. And so I, I want to be confident. You know, when he comes, I want to be faithful. I want to be found 
you know, serving him, loving him, doing good works. Ashamed would be, you know, oh my God, Jesus, you're early. Now, I'm not quite ready for you, but uh, thank God for his grace and goodness. And sometimes we need to look at, do all Christians go in the rapture? Well, I'll tell you, grace is stronger than any man's sin. You know, you know being Pentecostal holiness, we were just, you know, you had to be like the, the five virgins filled with oil and so forth, which did not apply to the rapture. It, that applied to the Jews, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the line was very thin. But you got to understand, we're saved by grace. We're saved by grace. And guess what? We're raptured by grace. And, you know, and sometimes I need to go through systematically in the New Testament to show you that. And so, and, and, and look at. So don't, don't be frightening that, oh, if, if, if you're born again, you're, especially if your church is born, why go in rapture? You will go in the rapture. Amen. Unless you willfully say, Jesus, to hell with you. You know, I don't want anything to do with you. Then, then, then that may be a gray area. But most Christians won't do that. Amen. But the blessed hope, how, how these things must be in the forefront of our thinking and just everything we say and everything we do, Jesus is coming soon. And there, there's something that, that I saw as I was meditating that uh, I really not ministered and it's just a, a whole nother uh, a piece of equipment concerning coming Lord. And I, I was meditating on this and in verse 17 of Revelation 22, after Jesus says three times, I am coming soon. I am coming soon. In verse 17, and the spirit and the bride, bride meaning the bride of Christ, the church, say come. Let him that heareth say come. Let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. And this, this verse as I was meditating, especially last night, just jumped out at me. And I, I saw some things I didn't see before. You know, primarily I would talk about Jesus and come, then I would go into the other epistles and other teachings and so forth. But this is a very important part of the coming of the Lord. Uh, here Jesus is saying, I am coming soon. And my, now this response to Spirit, meaning the Holy Ghost. And the bride means the church. They are saying something. After Jesus said that, what are they saying? Come. There was a response to his proclamation. The response is come. And not only does the Holy Ghost and the church, but he, him that heareth. If you hear these words that Jesus is coming, what should our response be? Come. Come, Lord Jesus. Let him that is a thirst, what? Come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. You know, as I was meditating on that, you know, of course, I have uh, extensive software of Bible commentaries, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars worth of commentaries, which I study, you know, trusting that, uh, you know, folks that, you know, spend their life studying the Hebrew and the Greek, know a little bit more than I do. And, uh, you know, I was looking at these studies, says, who is that a response to? And, you know, some people were split. Well, that's a, that's a response to the world, the world, hearing these sayings, let them come into the church. And then others would say that, no, this is a response to what Jesus said, that to come. 
that uh, he said, I'm coming, that we ought to be saying coming, you know, and so, you know, studying, meditating on this, you know, it's not one or the other, it's both, it's very clear here, it's both. After Jesus said, I am coming soon, the Holy Ghost, which is in the church, and the bride, what are they saying? Come, Jesus. I mean, you know, you have what you say. I mean, you know that uh, your, your words are an expression of your faith. That when it comes to the coming of the Lord, we ought to be continually saying something about it. What? Come. Really. We ought to be saying it every day. Come, Lord Jesus. That's why you, you hear me pray. And some people say, you pray the same thing. Well, there's some things I pray over and over and over again. You know, and so... You know, I want to get this job done. Every day I talk to the Lord. I got to get this job done. Help me to see what I need to see. Know what I need to know. Do what I need to do. I want to glorify you and finish your work on the earth. And so I continually pray those over and over again. And, uh, but also, you know, Lord, help us get this job done. But here, we ought to be praying, even so, Lord Jesus, come. And we see that was the response of the Apostle Paul at the end of the book. He said, I've come quickly. And what did John say? Even so, Lord Jesus, come. And so this is something as the days approach. We're approaching, we're, we're closer than any generation to the coming of the Lord. That we ought to be saying, we ought to be expressing our faith to the Lord every day. Come, Lord Jesus. That ought to be our response. But notice this. It's a response to the words of Jesus, but also there is a command that is given to us. And let him that heareth say, what? What is he to say? Come. Guess what? You're hearing this. You're hearing this. And so what did the Bible command you when you heard about the coming Lord? What, what it should be your response? Come, Lord Jesus. Now, this is not a suggestion. This is not, well, that's nice. You know, that's, that's your thing. To, no, th- this is in the Word of God. It says, if, you, if you're part of the church, you're part of the bride of Christ, you ought to be saying, come. You know, a, a, we are the bride of Christ. We are, in one sense, to be married to Jesus. How many you know a bride looks forward to the time of that marriage? You know, she isn't at home and says, well, I, 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 I want to put it off for another three years, you know. No, when you're in love, you, you know, the sooner the better. And our expressing to the Lord come is an expression of our love for Him. Not only an expression of our love for Him, it also is a prayer for Him to come. To come. And when you, it's probably one of the, the easiest prayers that has so many ramifications. For Him to come, certain things have to be fulfilled. When you just pray, come, everything that must take place must happen in order for Him coming. So you make a draw, demand for Him to come. And therefore, all these other things will be done for His coming. 
We know this. The Bible says the Lord waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth. He has long patience for it till he received the early and latter rain. And so before the coming of the Lord, there's got to be a great outpouring of the Holy Ghost or the rain. And a great harvest to come in. And we're, cons- we're, we're concerned about that. Our heart is in that. I love the song. Our first song we sang you know, about Ask for the Nations, one of my favorite songs that we did. Actually, both of those songs were tremendous this morning. Hint, yeah. hint, 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 hint. And you know what Dr. Webb said? You know, you got, worship teams just don't realize this. When Pastor likes a song, you can sing it every week, and it's all right. Wow. They, they sometimes will do it once every eight weeks. He said, no, he, he makes them sing it over and over again. So I, we might pick up on that. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss that later. But... Oh, Lord, we ask for the nations, the great harvest, but come. That, that it ought to be the response of the church, a response of the Christian. Come. But also, from this verse, there is an invitation. An invitation to the world. Jesus is coming. And we know this, if people don't know Jesus and people are in darkness... They're going to miss the rapture. And if they miss the rapture, from chapter 4 to chapter 18, we know in the book of Revelation, it ain't going to be good for them. It's better to to get in on the dispensation of grace than to get in through the dispensation of judgment. And so, with the coming of the Lord, we ought to be crying, see Jesus come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. We, we bid thee come, but also our response ought to be to the world. Come. Come to Jesus. You're thirsty. Come. Come. You know, somewhere in the Bible, someone ought to write about a great commission. Go ye into all the world and what? Preach, proclaim the gospel to every creature. You know, that great commission is just not for ministry gifts, it's for all of us. And so, the, the, this coming is, is twofold for us. And really could be done in a series, and maybe I will pick this up, we'll just see. Is number one, our love and our attention. Come, Jesus. Come, Jesus. And also, on the other hand, we're saying to the world, come to Him. Come to Him. Come to Him. Fulfilling the Great Commission. And both these things are a command based on, the, on this scripture. I never saw it before. A command to, to pray and to desire the coming of the Lord, but also an invitation to the world. Now, they're playing a trick on me back there. I have no clock up there. Where did it go? Unless I'm preaching really good, they hid the clock from me. It, was there a clock? Oh, my TV went off. So I, I don't know how much time I have. And that's dangerous for you all. Now, now, why do I have a clock? Because I'm anointed when I preach. I'm in the Spirit. And, you know, time has no variance. You know, one day's a thousand years, a thousand years, one time. That's why I could, I could preach two or three hours, and I have, and, and think it won't by quickly. But you're not anointed to listen. <laughs> and I've been to services where they've gone four or five hours long, and, and they're simply, <laughs> you know, would you de- please, in the name of Jesus, shut up. Let's go home. So understand that. And the beautiful thing about pastor, I get you week after week. So we, we, we have a few moments. We have a few moments. And so I, I want to just start to look at the first part. Our response to 
to the coming of the Lord, the blessed hope. I want to encourage you, and I just love what Dr. Webb, of course, Dr. Webb shared that, you know, about just as a witnessing tool, you know, and we've all probably used Jesus loves you, God loves you, you know, and so forth, but uh, Jesus is coming. You know, that's scriptural right here. Come. And it's an invitation. It gives God, uh, and if someone says, what, what do you mean by that? Then you have an open door. If not, it's just a seed that you sow. And just kind of stirred these things on the inside of me. But Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Now, I want to show you something. I got, I, oh, five, ten minutes. You know, we're under grace. I want to show you something. Something we all can do to get a crown in heaven. The Bible speaks there are five crowns in the Bible. And sometimes we look at these crowns as they're probably the, 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 the greatest pieces of jewelry given. The Bible talks about many things, special stones, special rings. And then there's ranks that are to be given based on our service here on the earth. And one, the crown is a martyr's crown. And now that's an easy one. If you want a crown to heaven, just die for Jesus. Yeah. If they say you can't serve Jesus, and say, I'm going to serve Jesus, and they behead you or shoot you, that's, that's an instant crown if your motive is right. So you can do that. Or I'm going to show you another crown that all of us, all of us can obtain and also obey the Lord concerning His coming. Now, turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And the, this is the last epistle that the Apostle Paul wrote. This was the last thing he wrote before he was uh, executed by Nero. And it's very interesting that Nero said to him, I, I, I'm going to execute you, and the world would forget all about you. And today, you know, we're still quoting Paul. We name our sons after him, you know. You know, I have a cousin named Paul, I have an uncle named Paul, and so forth. But uh, how many of you name your kids Nero? That's something you, you, you name a stray dog or something like that. Yeah. So when the devil says he's going to huff and puff and blow your house down, no, he's going to get blown down. You're going to stand and be victorious. And, but anyway, the last recorded words of the apostle. How I many you know when this, when he, and he knew his time was up, and we, we're going to see what we read here. It's probably one of the most important things to convey. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6, he said, For I'm now ready to be offered the time my departure is at hand. Again, this is worthy of study. You know, I mean, know that when, when, you're, when it's time to go, you ought to be ready. You ought to be ready. Yes. Jesus said, I'm coming soon. What? Get ready. So we want to be ready when he comes. Time of my departure is at hand. So he, he knew. And he knew the time of his departure. And I, I'd love to teach him, if the Lord would allow me, I might teach him. We ought to know when Jesus is coming. Yeah. We may not know the exact moment, but we ought to know the season. You know, a, a bride that is getting married, she, she has some type of inkling what day it is. Yeah. You know, <laughs> unless they, you know, she gets kidnapped 
and, 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 and forced to get married, there, there, there's an idea. I'm not recommending that. <laughs> Uh, Paul said this, and again, a lot of religious you're not in darkness. So that day should overtake you as a thief. So you, we ought, ought to be aware. We ought to be sensing. There, there's some amazing things, and we don't have time to go there. But Paul knew that his time was, was at hand. And notice his response, and this is something we all can do. Is, I fought a good fight. I mean, the Bible says fight a good fight of faith. You know, we all have a race to run. We all have a competition. And so, you know, I, I say this, put on a show that heaven applauds. You know, I, I, I like MMA. I like good boxing. You know, I know a lot of you say, oh, that's so ungodly. But, you know, I, was, I, I took martial arts for 10 years. Well, like a football game. No one likes a boring football game. You know, oh, this game is great. It's all defense. And after four, is it innings? Four quarters, yeah, you can tell I don't want to follow sports. Four quarters, the score is zero to three. How many love games like that? No, no it's like, yeah. find a good Western yes. to turn on. But when you have a high, it's 44 to 45. Back and forth, big play. Ah, woo, pulling your hair out. I didn't do that for that reason. I mean, and after, oh. That was a good game. Live your life that way. There's a great cloud of witnesses watching you run your race. Put on a show. You know, make some plays every day. Like, do nice things for people. Pray for people. You know, do things in secret that your Father may reward you openly. You know, there, there's a whole lot in here. You know, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. But this is one I want to draw your attention in closing. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a what? Crown of righteousness. That's one of the crowns. One of the five crowns that we know of in the Bible. A crown of righteousness. Which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me at that day. That day is the beam of seat when we stand before Him. And so we, Paul knew, and that's very interesting, Paul knew what rewards he was going to get. That means we, we, we can know if we want to what rewards, you know. And so here he knew what, what was going to give, be given to him. And then we would look at Paul and say, well, Paul, you're an apostle. You did all these things. Of course, you're going to get a reward right with all the other apostles. But none of us, none of us commoners are going to get the same reward you do. But notice what the word says. Shall give me in that day, not to me only. But to all them, also that what? Love is appearing. The same crown that Paul will adorn through all eternity. The crown being given to anybody if they will love the coming of the Lord. Love is appearing. Now I'm just going to read a couple of translations. The Amplified says, this is not to me only. But all those who have loved and yearned and have welcomed his appearing. You, you see what he's saying? Here, Paul lived his life as an apostle, ran his course, fought a good fight, and, you know, surely he deserves his crown. 
And, and Jesus said, no, you can have it if you just love and yearn for Jesus to come. I don't know about you, that's, that's pretty easy. That's pretty easy. Here, the Bible says to come. That's what I'm telling you to say, come. Come, Lord, come, come. It says if you yearn for it, if you love it, there's a crown waiting. The good God's Word translation says this. He will give it not only to me, but to everyone who is eagerly awaiting for Him to come again. The Spirit and Bride says, Come. He that heareth these saints, what does it do? Say, Come. We ought to be obedient just because the Lord asked us to. But here it says, if you'll do that, if you'll cooperate, if you'll yearn and hunger and say, Jesus comes, we want you to come, we want your coming, let the things be done in the earth that's got to be done for your coming, there's a crown waiting. In a new uh, living translation, says, and the prize is not just for me, but all those who eagerly look forward to His appearing. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is coming soon. If you're part of the body of Christ, you have marching orders. What does your marching orders say? Come. Every time you pray, every time you think about it, say, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. And sometime we'll look at our are sharing the invitation to others in darkness. But here a crown awaits all of us. We don't have to go through the rigorous things that Paul did if we would just love Jesus and say, Jesus, come. Earn. Earn. Say, Jesus, come. Come, Lord Jesus. That'll be a natural response. You know when He comes, you get a brand new body. No more aches, no more painsies, no more, you know, hurtsies and, and so forth. And just a, a glorified body that feels good all the time. You can go through walls and, and, and travel at the speed of thought. And whew, we ought to be saying, especially if you're starting to get up in age, you ought to be saying, come Lord Jesus, come now, come now. And here it says there's a reward awaiting. So I testify you by the visitation of God that Jesus is coming soon. Coming soon. I charge you to, to, to say come. But based on the word of God, come Lord Jesus. And blessed be God, we'll give this invitation world, we'll get this thing wrapped up. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your grace and your goodness and your mercy. Lord, you put this on my heart and I want to be obedient to heavenly vision to tell people about your coming. And so, Father, I've spoken not only to people here, but on the airwaves, so to speak, on the internet, that Jesus, you're coming, that we are to bid you to come. We ought to be looking forward and yearning your coming. And even so, Lord, come. And Lord, we just thank you that in these days that we live in, You're going to help us to think right. You're going to help us to believe right. You're going to help us to do right and to be right. And Father, that we will stand before Jesus.
confident, not ashamed, and be rewarded richly for our faithful stewardship in the earth. And Father, I thank you that you work in all of us to will and do of your good pleasure. With heads bowed and eyes closed, we talked about the coming Lord. I talked about a visitation I had that I was called from heaven. But we're not to believe a, a, a vision. We are to believe the word of God. And Jesus three times says, I am coming soon. I am coming soon. And 1 John chapter 2 and verse 27 says there's two ways to be found if Jesus were to come right now. Of course, if you don't know Jesus and you're lost, you'll not be ready for Him. And the Bible is very clear that it's better to, to get born again, to serve Jesus in dispensation of God's favor and grace than in a dispensation of time of judgment and woe. And that's the beauty of God. He gives us all the choice. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad that I got in the first choice under His grace and mercy. And so, if you don't know Jesus, you're missing out. And if Jesus were to come, then, then there's the plan B. And it's going to be horrible. It's going to be bad. We're looking at the world and how things are going sour in the world. Once the church leaves, all hell is going to let loose. And so God, Jesus is bidding you to come to Him now. And so, with heads bowed and eyes closed, is there anybody here, if Jesus were to come right now, or if we were to die a natural death right now, you're not sure you'd go to heaven. You're either not born again, or you're not serving the Lord. We want you to leave here knowing you are born again, knowing you're right with God. And so, is there anybody here, I know it's Sunday morning, these are faithful and true, but we just want to make sure, is anybody, you've not been born again, or you need to rededicate your life to the Lord? Raise your hand. I know we, we have all home folks, this is our faithful and true, waiting for the coming of the Lord. But if you're watching and you're not so sure, number one, you're not sure if you've been born again. Or you're not sure that you, you, you would be confident it is coming. You'd be ashamed. You know you're, you're not doing right, you're doing wrong. Right now, come to Jesus. Right now, rededicate your life to Him. You'll be so glad you did. It may be hard in the flesh now but it's better to get in now than to to have to go through what's going to fall the world once the church leaves and so right now wherever you're at just say jesus i make you the lord of my life come to my heart i will serve you all my days a very simple and sincere prayer like that will change your life and if you prayed that prayer go ahead and contact us we didn't want to help you get started in your new life with god Amen. Where were you encouraged? And again, I want to encourage you to say, come. Come, Lord Jesus. You know, there, there's crowns. And I don't know about you, but that's probably the easiest crown. Paul just said that anyone that loves and yearns for it. And so I tell you, you know, if you, you had to, to work and cut off your, 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 your toes and your fingers to get $10 million, some people would pay that price. But if someone just said, here, just sign this paper and there's 10 million, I, I would go the easy way. Right, right. Yeah. So seemingly, a very easy crown in heaven awaits us all. Yeah.